It's a great pleasure to welcome to the My Broadband Conference, Vino Govender, who is the Chief Strategy and Mergers, Acquisitions and Innovations. That's a long title, Vino, at DFA, Dark Fiber Africa. Vino, great pleasure to welcome you. How are you doing, firstly? I'm great, Aki, and uh, yeah, doing well. That's good, man. Listen, I'm sure that this COVID-19 pandemic has changed all of our lives, as we know. And um, I, I shudder to think if it wasn't for Dark Fiber Africa and the uh, thousands of kilometers of fiber that you guys have added, that uh, how life would have been without this fiber. But I'm sure it's interesting times for your organization and the expansion. Um, and I'm sure the, the demand and the drive to supply has been insane uh, for Dark Fiber Africa. Um, tell us about it and, and the demand for connectivity services. Yeah, okay. And, and to your point, I mean, I think the change was coming. Uh, COVID just accelerated uh, um, the rate at which we moved and, and, and adopted the change. And uh, on the back of that, uh, we've seen a lot of the change was driven by the adoption of digital technologies. Um, and that's right across the spectrum, eh? On the consumer side for content and entertainment, um, on, um, you know, on the education side, uh, from a government perspective and industry perspective as well, delivery of government services, uh, the delivery of um, health services. Um, so, yeah, it's been, and, and, and even on the business side, I mean, just look at, look at us now, uh, you know, uh, working remotely, um, uh, collaborating on platforms such as Teams, BlueJeans, um, you know, it's, it's become, an, it's the norm now. Yes. And, and, and all that consumes data traffic, both on an access ed networks, on the edge networks, um, all these things touch data centers some way. Uh, you know, where these, uh, these, these platforms are hosted. So, um, yeah, definitely has had a profound impact on, on, yeah. on, on computation. I mean, you know, have you guys seen any interesting data traffic trends change uh, in the last 12 months versus to the previous 12 months? I would imagine that uh, video, for example, must have shot up. Yeah, so, uh, you know, because we on the layer two side of, of, of it, we don't see what the traffic type is. But I mean, we work closely with industry, and yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, if you look at the mobile network operators, the, uh, the exponential increase in traffic, largely driven by by uh, by, by by entertainment content, yes. educational services. Uh, I mean, would, you, would you would you say that traffic has has more than doubled on uh, running through DFA? Um, yeah, on, on our active on our active network, we've seen an increase, significant increase demand on. Let's say active network. I'm talking about where we do layer two services. Yeah. And you know, when I look at the mobile network operators increasing traffic, it's definitely going uh, would have been more than doubled on 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 uh, on the core core network, which you buy from us on a dark yes. fiber perspective, but they move their traffic through. 100%, 100%. No, it's just so interesting to note from a perspective of a second tier provider. But, you know, you look at this uh, growth that you touched on just now and, and the demand that we're seeing, and there's an incredible demand there. Is this demand going to translate in increase uh, in the increase in the economy? Is it going to be good for the economy? I imagine so. Yeah, so it, it has, you know, direct and indirect impact on, on, on economic, not just on economic, on socioeconomic um, um, aspects, right? So when we look at where um, uh, from a from a demand side uh, perspective, so let's talk about the demand side, right? 
Uh, and what's critical to ensure that we um, that that the demand um, is 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 created in, is uh, you know you're going to have the relevant content uh, and when we talk and content has its own value chain right so mm. uh, when it comes to video traffic it's uh, we look at uh, you know local content is what drives it globally if you just look at Nigeria as an example um, you know the amount of local content created in Nigeria for Nigerians. And that traffic moves to the mobile networks, um, other networks as well, but predominantly to the mobile networks. And it, and it creates an incentive, it, it justifies the incentive for the rollout of access services um, into the market because the demand you know, translates. Now, when you look at the, and I'm just using just one part of content, when you look at the, at the content value, value stream, right? It starts with content production. So, you know, uh, so more people producing content. Uh, it deals with content aggregation, you know, uh, the guys that aggregate the, co the content and, and, and delivery across networks, mobile networks, fixed networks, uh, content curation, just that sliver is an economic, uh, call it an economy on its own. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you take that content and you apply it to entertainment content, apply it to education content, apply it to uh, health type of content um, and, and business content, it has, you see the, the impact that it has because you know it creates value, increased value along the value chain. And that's just content, right? We're not even talking about um, uh, cloud services. Um, we're not even talking about, um, you know, the, the, uh, the development of new innovative services as well on top of that. So it definitely has an, has an, has an impact on the economy, but also it has an impact on, uh, on a certain so, socioeconomic, so economy and also on social aspect, people getting access to better services, better access to services, access to richer services and access to more relevant services. Oh, that's absolutely fascinating. I mean, COVID has taught us so many lessons, right? I mean, in your business specifically, you look at the demand for connectivity services, as you've mentioned, um, and, and the lessons that we've learned. I mean, what kind of lessons can we learn from, from, from this experience of COVID-19 and the demand that it's brought upon us? Well, uh, okay, you know, um, and, and we've always known this, but, uh, you know, from, from our perspective, it's, you, can, you know, demand will grow. Um, and it will continually grow, and you've got to be ready to do that, to deliver that, uh, the demand, on the demand, right? And what's important is that on the supply side, that you have the infrastructure, um, you know, that's scalable, uh, that's available, scalable, and resilient to meet the demand. You know, you, you, you cannot, you know, you can have a model, or you've got to have models where, you know, um, you can, you can, turn up supply to meet the, the demand. Mm. And I'll give you a simple example, right? Um, when the mobile network, uh, when the demand for traffic on the mobile networks increased exponentially, um, on our side, where we provide the dark fiber to, uh, to, to the mobile network operators for, for backhaul, I mean, the ability to scale up the capacity on the dark fiber was, was, wasn't difficult to do because the fibers were there, the infrastructure was there, and it just meant the mobile network operators lighting up more capacity on that infrastructure. So they were able to meet it uh, on, the, on the back off side, and that's where we said, uh, you know, as I talked to this example, and at the same time, you know, 
there are two options. Do I identify the network? Um, you know, do I roll up more sites to meet the demand? And that really, you know, would have taken a, would be a longer thing to do during COVID time. Uh, and uh, and then government released temporary spectrum. So That's right. that the release of that spectrum created along with the infrastructure on the supply side, and, and so and, and spectrum allocation is a supply side intervention, created the headroom or the, or the capacity to create the headroom to meet the growing demand uh, on mobile traffic. So, uh, you know, I think the, the key lesson to be taken out here is not to underestimate the importance in investing in infrastructure, not for the short term, but for the long term. Yeah, and that's an excellent point you make there. And you, and you obviously look at also those key decision makers in South Africa. How, how can they be, uh, uh, you know, assisting in really driving that digital literacy in South Africa? Because I think that's key as well, isn't it? Yeah, digital literacy, is, you're right, Saki. Uh, it's, it's important from a, from a demand side perspective, right? Uh, it's also important from the supply side, uh, from a, and, and I'll touch on the two aspects very briefly. On the demand side, you know, people are only going to use uh, or consume services, um, you know, uh, um, you know, if, if, if they know how to do it, you know, mm. uh, if they know how to navigate the device, um, if the, if, if you know, if they are familiar with the user interfaces. So, uh, and the, and and they also need to know that it's available out there. So, uh, so digital literacy, the ability to um, understand what digital uh, services, the awareness around it, what digital services, applications, content is there. How do I find it? How do I access it? You know, um, and how do I consume it? Is important because that drives demand. Once again, you know, if there's a if there's a deficit on um, on on the supply side, if demand increases, basic economics. If demand exceeds supply, it creates an incentive for uh, for the supply side to meet that demand because there's a deficit, right? Um, and that's important. Uh, so, so we talked about uh, about digital literacy and the importance that it plays from a demand side perspective. More digitally literate citizens or users drive up demand, create an incentive uh, for, for 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 supply side investment. Um, and then on the supply side, digital literacy is also important. And, and the reason being is that, uh, you know, networks continually to evolve. Technologies continually evolve. And when I talk about digital literacy here, I'm more referring to uh, the skills, um, the developer skills, the engineering skills, uh, the, the digital skills that create those services on, on platforms uh, that also in turn drive demand-side consumption. So um, I, I can't stress the importance of digital literacy. And, and it's the responsibility of, of society as a well, whole. Eh? Uh, it doesn't just create on the shoulders of government. It rests on, um, I mean, they drive policy around that. It also rests on the shoulders of corporates, you know, ensuring that they are training up, investing in training the workforce. Um, and the education sector, the tertiary education sector, that we have the right curriculum in place so that we can compete. Um, yeah. You know, Vino, um, I guess that when you look at the scale of what you've been talking about and this incredible growth and demand, I think that, you know, th there's no one organization that can do this alone. And I think that it's so important for them to be collaboration between organizations. And I, I just want you to highlight the importance of collaboration between the key role players 
to meet the supply demand and and the the service delivery and driving this demand i think collaboration is key in this environment that you're talking about it is, it is. and and you know to a large extent uh, you know collaboration is embedded um, in in that ecosystem right so if i could just you know just highlight what the ecosystem consists of uh, okay you've got you know you've got content and services uh, or content production like i talked about uh, you've got the device, you've got the device manufacturers, because uh, you know we, you access stuff to the devices. You've got um, policy, and policy is important because policy looks at hey, how do we you know firstly like harmonize spectrum so that we create um, a, 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 an environment where um, uh, equipment, um, network equipment, um, devices can be produced at scale, you know, um, and and uh, produced at scale and volume. Uh, and, and get to accessible price price for investments. So policy is important as well. Uh, networks are, are important as well. Right? And here we're not we're talking about uh, mobile networks, fixed networks and wireless networks, and, and fixed you know transcends from mobile. I'm sorry, from fiber fiber-based networks to other technologies. Um, but I see a lot of migration <laughs> onto fiber now because just of the resiliency of it, mm-hmm. and and the wireless technologies, right? And 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 why uh, and how collaboration happens is through standards, right? I mean, so you know we have a standard from the ITU around spectrum, as an example. So that drives collaboration, harmonization around that point, um, and and it brings the device and, and the network ecosystems together. So that's important, and we, we collaborate. The collaboration that also needs to happen, which what you're referring to as well, is how domestically how do we collaborate to ensure that we don't uh, that we meet demand in the most efficient manner, and and that's why you know from on our perspective, JP's model has always been to aggregate common demand on common infrastructure, and the open and that's the principle of wholesale open access, and 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 that can only be achieved through collaboration. So we, as a business, we look at the market demand forecast out there. We work with the analysts. We look at what the forecasts are looking at. Um, you know. Uh, uh, where areas are, you know, where, and we work with the operators as well. Where's, where, uh, uh, where is rollout happening? Uh, independently, we work with them. And then we take that market data, we take the operator data, we look at trading data, and, um, and, and we then, you know, prioritize and, and invest in network, in network rollout to ensure that the, the infrastructure becomes available. So we collaborate in that way. I think the other more important um, uh, area of collaboration, Akiana, you guys have also been a, a, a critical part of that, is collaborating with um, other stakeholders. So collaborating with the likes of government policy makers, um, NGOs, and that's where you know uh, the platforms like um, like like my broadband, uh, you know, like the Digital Council of South Africa. Um, like the South African Communications Forum, as an example, these are just platforms that, and, and working closely with the department, we collaborate to ensure that hey, while we're meeting the needs uh, of of the private sector from a network perspective, we also meet uh, uh, the, um, the the uh, the connectivity obje- objectives of of government as well where we can, and you know. Uh, yeah, so I'll just leave it there, and you know, it, it's, mm. it's something that we engage on uh, regularly, you know, from a collaboration perspective. 
Well, you know, you touched on earlier on open access connectivity and of course DFA is a pioneer in this regard. I mean, you guys have really driven that, that open access connectivity in South Africa, there's no doubt about it. What is DFA's role in improving the, the supply and demand of connectivity in South Africa? I mean, you touched on some of the aspects, but uh, you guys have got a massive role in doing this. And, uh, and, you know, the next five years, I think, are going to be critical. It is, and and uh, you know, let's just talk, uh, you know, on the role and the supply side, and uh, you know, like uh, I'll recap on that. It's our ability to aggregate common demand and common infrastructure means that we, uh, you know, we 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 make the, the investment and the ability to roll out to 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 gain access to infrastructure uh, at a much more efficient level. Mm. Uh, just because we we common demand and common infrastructure gives us scale, right? Uh, and, and having said that, that model has enabled us to roll out, I think it's close to 30, 40,000 kilometers of fiber nationally. And, and we continue to identify, uh, you know, uh, our, our, our network in the areas that we present in. So from a supply side, what we've done, uh, the open access, the open access model has enabled and, and the efficiency that comes with capital investment has enabled us to, you know, to, to meet supply or deliver supply to these areas. Um, and that's directly what we do, right? Let's talk about the demand side quickly, right? Uh, and I'll talk about specifically, let's talk about the mobile network operators, right? As we put that supply in, it means that they can reach more consumers, deliver a better customer experience, and, and better customer experience, uh, you know, driven through higher high capacity access fees. And what that does is then, you know, you get more users using services uh, mm. because of user experience. So that drives demand. That's the one way. The the other area that we driving that we drive demand is if you think about it, Aki, and you've been around for a while, right? Uh, back in the day, you know, access to certain applications and services were kind of limited to the corporate enterprise space. You know, where they ran their own IT departments and they had a on-premise deployment of infrastructure or had their own private cloud environment. Through the connectivity that we've delivered, we've also enabled the hyperscalers, um, the cloud computing um, players, and even the some of the services that were traditionally license-based on-prem and now move to the cloud. We've enabled these guys to place their points of distribution in the country because the access mediums are now there for, for businesses to consume their services. Mm -hmm. So that's driven the demand, of, uh, not just from, that was predominantly at the enterprise space into the SME, small, medium, and, and uh, small, micro, medium enterprise as well, which shows you that it's increased that demand on their side as well, which, um, and that's how we've driven demand in the, in, in the business sector as well um, on PIR um, uh, for, for services. And, uh, yeah, I guess I'll leave that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's absolutely fascinating listening to you. And, uh, you know, just looking at the landscape of where we are um, and you look at the growth that's expected over the next few years and the investments that have been made into into data centers. I mean, it's extraordinary. It's, I mean, surpassing the investment in many other continents in terms of what they are putting, uh, you know, laying down in the ground with data centers and cloud providers coming onto the continent. And in South Africa, we've had a few ready and this is expected to increase. 
my question to you is um, do we have the the capacity in the ground with fiber and undersea cables to meet this demand that's expected in the five in the next five years do, do we have that kind of capacity or does more investment need to be made in that regard I'll start with the undersea cables right and uh, the undersea cables um I mean, there's there's a, there's, a, there's a few that's landing now. The not, most notable ones um, are the ones that's coming down from Mauritius, uh, the two Africa one system from Facebook, um, and, and and I think when when we look at uh, at uh, at undersea capacity, those investments have enough significantly enough headroom to to cater for for traffic coming into the country. And remember, they're moving content across, right? The data center environment, what the data center does. Is, is it creates the ability to cache that content locally. So at the same time, with more capacity coming in and, and data center capacity being available to cache that type of content, um, uh, it's kind of sorts out the international bandwidth, right? To your point, how then do we now move the traffic from the data centers to the end consumers? And, um, you know, is there enough fiber in the ground, um, um, and if, if we just look at uh, existing fiber, existing fiber is there, right? Um, I, I think it collectively it addresses market demand, but does it address entire market demand? No, not really. Okay, I mean I've looked at some of the forecasts from the likes of BMIT and Africa Analysis, and there's still significant growth on the fiber to the business side, FTTB side. And, and then if you just reflect now on um, the sunsetting of some copper technologies and ADSL, for example, uh, that means that, you know, these technologies are being sunsetted, but they need to be replaced by something else, right? Which means there's still room to move um, uh, fiber access into that, uh, into that space as well. So uh, when we talk about, um, so undersea capacity comfortable around that coming into data center is required to cache the content and not just that you find also enterprises are no longer saying hey we'll keep our private cloud on prem we'd rather move our private cloud environment to a hosted environment much yes. more easier to manage much more resilient i mean so many issues around power and stuff like that security so you know they, they, they do that and then let's deliver it to the consumers to the to the businesses and the end user consumers and that's why you you kind of see uh um you know there's still a lot more room for the, the growth of, of business for, uh, access last mile access fiber mm. and then when you're growing last mile access fiber then you need the backhaul fiber to the aggregation nodes um so so still a lot more work to be done in that space uh, uh but we, we it's, it's 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 why we exist Listen, it's exciting and uh, you've really painted the picture there and made it uh, palatable for us to understand how it all works. Uh, Vino Govinda, thank you so much for joining us. Vino is the Chief Strategy Mergers, Acquisitions and Innovations at uh, DFA. Vino, we look forward to chatting to you again at the next conference and looking at the progress that's been made. We thank you for your time and we wish you well. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, uh, Aki, and thank you for, for the role that you guys play in the industry as well in terms of building awareness and driving collaboration as well.